0: Welcome back to the Talking Points Summer Season Special. We hope you enjoy revisiting all of the gorgeous conversations with our Season 1 guests. Welcome to Talking Points, a ballet and dance podcast where we speak with some of the most extraordinary and famous dancers, artistic directors and choreographers. I'm your host, Claudia Lawson. Today I'm speaking with a woman many of you will know. Marie Walton Mann, Marie, or Miss Marie, as many still call her, has taught and trained literally thousands of dancers here in Australia and around the globe. A dance prodigy in her own right, she was selected as a teenager to train in France with the great Rosella Hightower, and then dance professionally in Marseille under the artistic directorship of the late great Roland Petty. However, her career was unexpectedly cut short, and she returned home to Australia. With no career to fall back on, she started a tiny dance school with just six students in Newcastle, Australia. Marie went on to create the National College of Dance, training students to the highest level to enter ballet and contemporary dance schools and companies worldwide. In this beautifully candid interview, Marie talks about her own career, her journey to becoming a teacher, her family, and how she co-founded and grew the global phenomenon that is Progressing Ballet Technique. I guess I wanted to start today by asking, when did you start dancing? When did your love of dance start? Because I don't think I know that story.
1: Oh, wow. Okay. My mum was one of 11 and they couldn't afford dancing. Okay. And she loved dancing. So as soon as I was three, she took me to Betty Bennett, who had a little studio in her home in Rutherford. And Betty, who... I'm still in touch with, in her 90s, gave me a love of dance. And then by six, Betty said, I think Marie should take this more seriously. So that's when we started to travel from Rutherford down to Newcastle to Tessimonda's. So you trained under Tessimonda. I didn't know that. Yeah, I did until I was 16. And then I was awarded a scholarship to study on the Riviera, which was hard to take, Mm -hmm. which I left here um, just under 18. So that's in France? In France Mm -hmm. to train with Rosella Hightower. That was unbelievable. It opened my eyes to so many styles, I loved every minute. I was able to, on the scholarship, take classes from eight in the morning to eight in the evening if I wanted to. Wow. And I studied flamingo. I studied everything I could get my hands on. I just loved to move. Then I was really, really fortunate because there was often people watching class. And uh, this day, Petite was watching a class he went to High Tower and said, I'd like that fiery little <laughs> person that's got a lot of energy and spirit and uh, offered me a contract. And I never had to audition. It was just a, a dream come true. So I, I left uh, Cannes in France and mm-hmm. moved to Marseille, got wow. myself a little apartment. So and what
0: were you, 18, 19?
1: Uh, then I was um, just under 19. and So young. So young and so naive. But I absolutely loved every minute. And, uh, you know, we toured. It was it was wonderful. And then my world came a bit crushing down because, you know, in those days, Claudia, it was three weeks to get an aerogram. Mm. It was months to get my Vegemite.
0: <laughs> so you can't call your mum every day. No. There There's was no, no Skype. FaceTime. There's no, no FaceTime. No. <laughs> There's
1: no. And then my dad, um, he had a massive coronary. My world came crashing down and, um, you know, I'm the eldest. I was really needed at home. Mm-hmm. And my plan, I've I've always worked, you know, as I've taught, mm-hmm. with goals. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> you know, goal setting is a mm-hmm. big deal with me. So I always had that I'd dance professionally, open a
0: school, and that was my, my dream. I'd often wondered, had teaching always been what you wanted to pursue. Eventually. It was on... It, it was, was on, on my, the goal list. It was on... Prematurely,
1: it was mm-hmm. brought forward, but, hey, it was on that on that list. And I'd already had teaching experience because, kindly, um, my dad had a bad accident when I was um, 11, nearly 12, mm-hmm. and ballet was the thing that had to be cut. Mm-hmm. And my teacher, Tessa Monda, Mm-hmm. Said, um, would I like to, you know, help out with teaching little ones? So before and after school, I went. I did odd jobs. I'd clean up and I taught. So you taught for Tessa? I did. I did wow. till I went away. So you know, in those little technical lesson classes, mm-hmm. I had such people as Liz Toohey. Wow, Lisa Pavan. Mm-hmm. You know, in those little mm-hmm. classes, you know that I taught. I loved teaching
0: Mm. right back then. So it was definitely on the radar. And so when you came back prematurely, are you having a sort of, you know, not a crisis, but, you know, a lot of people experience that, whether it's through injury, whether it's homesickness. You come back to, you know, your hometown. Is it disappointing? Is it, you know, how did you deal Uh, with that at the time?
1: It it was really hard. Mm. First of all, I went back to teach for... Tessa right. At the beginning, mm-hmm. um, I just felt I didn't have enough confidence to go on my own. Mm. And it was a little frustrating because I felt I'd learned so much overseas and I wanted to explore more options. For instance, if you're teaching someone, you go to the bookcase and told to teach, Number 86 dance out yeah. of a book. And I just thought, why can't I create? Why can't I use all those tools that I learned mm. and create dances for the individual instead of something that someone else did to suit them? So mm. I was a little bit like, oh, you know, I want, I want to do it my way mm. now. So I had to build that confidence. To, to open the school in 1974 <laughs> with six students and a big dream. I must say, for the first quite a few years, I would cast myself as not a good teacher. Really? I
0: was a bit of a screamer. I had to But you also get... had grown up under that Ma Maunder, Tessa Maunder model. Exactly. Which, for those dancers out there who who learned under yeah. her, she was known as... Uh, How would you describe it, teaching via...? Uh, Well, there was a lot of pressure
1: Mm. to excel. There was a lot of old-school fear, Mm. some shame, comparison, Mm. things that I really advocate not to use Mm. in today's society. We should dance for love, freedom, Mm. the beauty of music, the beauty of movement and personal best. You know, it's, for me, it's all about safe dance and personal best. Mm. So that's what motivates me. And those early days, I had to find myself. I had to, in those first lot of concerts I put on, I danced. Did you? (laughs) I did. I couldn't quite let go, you know. Um, You know, in fact, in one of those really early performances, I remember, because I taught ballet to Dean Perry, you know, tap dogs, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I did a tap dance with
0: <laughs> Dean, you know, a duo. You know. <laughs> what, at, at the Christmas concert? Yeah,
1: you know, I, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you had the skills. You know, and I just felt, well, I've got to let some of that steam off,
0: you know. Mm. So you said, which surprises me to say that you were a screaming type of teacher, because beginning. I suppose, you know, I entered the scene under your tuition and coaching much later, but you always seem to have such poise, such grace. I mean, you had authority. You know, there was no way we were going to muck up when you were teaching. And so how how did that evolve? How did you learn those skills? Okay, the change
1: came probably about eight to 10 years in and I started to, A, read what I can about, the dancer's body, Mm -hmm. go to whatever courses I could, Mm -hmm. read some psychology books, calm down. And then, so exciting, that first primary went right through and turned professional. And I sat there and thought, I can do this. Mm. I suddenly got the confidence that, hey, I can do this.
0: Who was that first answer?
1: That was Kelly Comerford, who is a teacher in Victoria now. And I thought, wow. And then I started to really start to believe. And to me, to
0: believe is to achieve. Mm. I guess I've often wondered where it turned from that classic Australian ballet school in a local school hall, you know, they're around the world everywhere, to what was a powerhouse studio that really was producing some of, you know, the most well-known dancers around the world, which was the Marie Walton Marne Dance Academy, which then became the National College of Dance. Like, When does that transition happen?
1: I guess we turned a lot more professional and had to after the Newcastle earthquake, because I lost the premises entirely. And That forced me, you know, I was married to um, Paddy for a long time, but I sobbed and cried and he said to me these famous words, well, darling, you know, my business can support you. Maybe this is a sign that Leave your
0: hobby. Did the feminist in you? My
1: <laughs> <laughs> a little more than gruff.
0: <laughs> so after not, I would not have wanted to be not on speaking <laughs> for a little
1: while and being very distraught mm. uh, because uh, Claudia, I'm not, and I've never professed to be a business person, which fascinates me. Not for you to say that. I had a ledger. And people would say they'd paid, and i go, okay, tick. So...
0: Uh, because you, from the outside, you come across as the ultimate businesswoman. Oh, no. Really?
1: No, 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 no. I, I need my paddy. <laughs> so usually I sulk, I cry, and then I get my own way. <laughs> so he said, okay, darling, how about I help you? to put it on computer and invoice people and right. you know turn it into a business and then find a premises because at that stage I'd paid rent for years years and years mm. and you know and I'm I was such a soft touch I had one teacher who never drove but she was a very good jazz teacher I paid her taxi fare from Warners Bay to the studio (laughs) because I wanted the students to have this teacher. So, uh, you know, I was always borrowing. Okay. So there was no
0: systems, no, no, you were just teaching. I
1: loved to teach. And as, you know, I was always borrowing. So then um, we were able to get a a loan, a rehabilitation loan, Mm -hmm. and we bought... Uh, Jessie Brownlee's studio, she'd passed away, so we bought her studio in Lambton. So it's the first time we had a mortgage, so I needed my manager, mm-hmm. which was my husband. And after six months, he could not believe how much money I was actually losing through my little ledger <laughs> and just okay, you know, Hang on. and scholarships. I mean. Mm. Left, right and centre <laughs> scholarships, you know. <laughs> so, you know, and I've I've always helped those that I felt needed, mm-hmm. but some it got around, so <laughs> more and more people were needing help. You know. So he could not believe it. So he sold his business because he hated his work to just run the ballet school. And then five years later, we then built you know, where the National College of Mm. Dance is. We built seven studios and, you know, I owe all that, that that side of it. Sure, I can create, I can choreograph and I can give scholarships and loved this art. I just love it, you know, from three to 67, (laughs) I
0: love this art. (laughs) But I need that other part. So that skill set comes from Ian, comes from Paddy. Yeah. And you provide the creative. Exactly. The vision, exactly. the dreams.
1: And also proud of Paddy pulling the reins in <laughs> to, <laughs> to control it. Yeah, he still didn't know all about all of the scholarships, but I was able, you know, <laughs> it was in control then. <laughs> I love
0: that he still doesn't know. <laughs> was in control. Yeah. You've talked over the years about how tricky it is to give students... I guess particularly those whose only dream is to get into a ballet company a wider set of skills. So then if the ballet career doesn't work out, or even when it ends, for whatever reason, what are you going to do? OK. This is such an
1: important, and it, it really um, it didn't sit well with me for a long time mm. that students leave school and they do distance education. And I was very aware that this is a responsibility. I was also aware that I knew that some of the parents were actually doing some assignments for the students, you know. Mm -hmm. So it was really, in a lot of cases, I knew they were fudging education. And, you know, that's not right. Mm -hmm. So uh, I got the idea back in 2005... Mm -hmm. to try to have a course written that involved the arts but it was fully accredited and the studio become an RTO,
0: registered training Mm organisation, do it all officially. My recollection of that time was, you know, unless you were prepared to go overseas at 15, 16, the Australian Ballet was Almost the only avenue, you know, there wasn't that Sydney Dance Company pre-professional. There were a lot of the other contemporary companies didn't exist in that training form. Exactly. And so unless you had that aesthetic at that time, options were limited. You could have trained to the highest level and then all of a sudden... Well, what do you do with those skills? That's right. Then we've got to think of the the
1: mental illness that mm. can come from devastation mm. if they haven't got a backup. Yeah. You know, they can't just put all their eggs in one basket. Mm. You know, so I I did a lot of research, and then I I literally for a whole year got up at four in the morning to start writing courses and have it then written in education terms. So I had to write it from my heart and soul, Mm -hmm. then paid a consultant to put it in their terms. To put it in the Department of Education. Department of Education, Mm -hmm. yeah. Then I had to unveil the course Mm -hmm. in front of the academics and talk to them about the need. That day, I'll never forget that date. you know, have them throw all the academic side at me and have all the answers off the cuff.
0: So you're giving those students the grounding so that if they don't make it into the company... They have the opportunity to go to university, to go to TAFE, and they're not starting from essentially what was a year nine education. If if their parents let them That's fall right. out of the distance education, exactly. System. Yeah, mm. I mean a
1: uh, certificate three, a certificate four, and a diploma course, wow. which gives them university entrance and up to ten years to use it. Wow. So and are uh, probably the greatest reward from that came last week, actually, when I found out that um, Daniel Roberge, he matriculated from National College of Dance, mm-hmm. and he was able to use those to enter university in Washington Wow! to do uh, a business degree. So he's got that backup. Mm-hmm. And even last week, his mother um, contacted me and said, thank you for the insight, you know, because we we don't know what's going to happen. So many companies
0: oh, may collapse. not
1: be yeah. able to be sustainable mm. after COVID. So he can still dance, if possible, but he's
0: got that university he's got degree else to yeah. fall back on. And it's interesting because you're right. Now that there's COVID. You know, many of these arts organisations are already existing without COVID on a shoestring. Exactly. And Mm -hmm. I think that's why during COVID we've had
1: so many professional dancers do their certification with progressing ballet technique. Mm -hmm. as You know, then they can teach that through Zoom
0: to give them some income while trying to work out what is happening. Mm. So... You're running the National College of Dance. You've implemented essentially an educational system which allows dancers to have more than their classical ballet training. How do you walk away from that?
1: Oh, Claudia, that final speech. Mm. Oh, that was the hardest thing, the hardest thing. However, I was doing a massive amount of work running the college, the assessments overseeing the what was involved with an rto the policies the procedures the and of course i'd opened up this network that students came from all over australia and new zealand to train at the National College of Dance. Mm-hmm. So there was homestay to work out, though there was homestay. And this, sometimes I'd get a phone call at an ungodly hour um, that this child needed to go to hospital, you know. So that it was, I'd opened up, and I was still running at that stage Marie Walton Mountain Dance Academy as well. Wow. So my husband running the business and we'd have to talk about business things after hours. It was, you know, we're getting older. Mm -hmm. Something had to give. And the marriage meant a lot to me as well, Mm -hmm. and the family, the family unit. And things were starting to really go amiss.
0: Besides all of this, you also had two children, as well as running these huge businesses. How did you juggle that? Oh, look, with Paddy's help, I guess I was
1: lucky with Good children as well. Uh, You know, Veronica shared my passion, Mm -hmm. so she was very easy to be at the studio a -hmm. lot. Mm -hmm. In fact, she learnt to do pliés, sadly, you know, at the studio at two, Mm -hmm. hanging on (laughs) to a playpen. Laurie, we tried to keep, with Paddy's help of um, taking him to his sport things and tried to keep a, a balance... You know, and he was a very good runner, so we would take him on Sundays around because he was a state runner to different things. And, you know, you're a parent too. It's hard. It's juggling and Mm. uh, Mm sleep-deprived for a long time and then putting the college in place. And you think, got to draw the line. Mm. I'm proud of what I did, but I'm also proud that I was able to walk away and handpick the right person to take over.
0: And so things on the home front were just tensions, too much. Too much,
1: yeah. I started also to get some chest pains. Uh, you know, one day on the way home from work, I had to pull over and get Patty to come and get me. And <sighs> stress can, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you have to take a little bit of a step back and think, well, okay, I've ticked that box, I've ticked that box. And even though I've done all these things, the family unit have to come first. So, um, you know, I... I bought a bottle of Moe and took it home and said to Paddy, you're redundant. <laughs> <laughs> you're redundant.
0: And, uh, and so you left and you started PBT. <laughs> <laughs> well, not, not at first. We, okay. Uh,
1: um, it was in the back of my mind. Um, I'd always been dabbling in safe dance training, Mm -hmm. and I was very passionate to explore the use of fit balls a long time ago with a small group of students. In fact, one of those is Alyssa Kelty, who's in Queensland Ballet. Okay. I really noticed, because the ball is moving all the time, so if they do a bridge with their legs on the ball Mm -hmm. and their hips are not square, the ball is moving all over the place to sit on the ball and move the weight and lift one leg, they have to understand which muscles in the opposite side of the body have to Mm -hmm. elongate to keep the balance. Their posture improved, their alignment improved, their understanding of their bodies really improved. And then I did a course with Valerie Gregg, who wrote the book, Inside Your Technique, so when I became an examiner and a tutor, if I was tutoring a course, I'd always have my fitball with me. And I said to Patty, this idea I've had, there's a need out there. There is a need because not everyone can afford to send the students or the students can afford to go to Pilates and do extra things that twig the feelings before the form. Mm. And that's what it's about, mm. feelings. I'd like to cut a DVD and see how it goes. And he went, oh, here we go. <laughs> I can just imagine. <laughs> here we go. Uh, can't you ever be satisfied? I said, well, you know, let's give it a go, you know. And he said, well, I'll tell you what. Laurie, our son, who's techie, mm-hmm. who now runs the office in Sydney, uh, he's, he's going to make this website, just this little home website. And, OK, you can have... 500 DVDs we'll just see how that goes. You know, so I got Grant Kennedy, my friend to compose the music, and I worked with students for free to make this first DVD in 2012. Wow, those 500 just flew from this website and next we were ordering 10,000 and Patty was like Okay. The hobby. The hobby's the back. Hobby, the, the hobby's <laughs> back. Here we go. So, And I made him CEO of the company <laughs> and put him back to work. He's not redundant anymore. <laughs> uh, you know, and it went absolutely ballistic. But if someone had told me that in 2012 it would be on the curriculum today in over 4,600 schools worldwide, I would have laughed at them. Seriously, I'm humbled, but I would have seriously laughed at them and that I'd have official tutors now in South Africa. In The latest one is for United Arab Emirates, Israel, Canada, USA, um, Mexico, all through South America. And with the help of Laurie, who Mm -hmm. is the tech giant in the... The brains behind the um, online section, mm-hmm. because you know I'm, I'm just arty, and so uh, that's that social media that's spreading he, the word. Well, he has now um, eight employed in the office. He's now um, scarily very, very much like me. He has visions. He has goals. And Veronica, she um, she assesses for wow. us. Yeah, it's, it's mind boggling. It's very humbling. Yeah.
0: It's funny, Sarah Yo, who you'll know went through with me, we're very yes. good friends. Her little daughter has just started ballet in London, tiny little studio, oh. and up the top, PBT.
1: Oh, no. Yeah, and oh. I just
0: thought, isn't that incredible that that full circle from learning under you as a whatever from six or seven, and now her daughter. Oh. You know, in a studio with your influence. Oh, give Sarah my mm, love. I will. A soft
1: spot for Sarah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> me too. Mm, yeah, yeah. A lot of us only know the graceful, incredible teacher that you are. And is that how you are at home? Is that is that the Marie behind the scenes as well? I'm just me. Just I you. don't,
1: yeah, I don't... You know, I mean, family is really, really important and that time away from the work and the greatest thing that's happened is having this grandchild. That, so that's Veronica's uh, first Yeah, son. For our first grandchild. Congratulations. I mean, that, that means the world. I mean, hugging that child is, is so... And hugging, just hugging generally mm. is so important, you know, mm. and so... No, at home, uh, I try to cut off where I work and where I stop and Mm -hmm. where family time and to try not to be 24-7 work. Sometimes Mm. I'm put in my place. Mm -hmm. In in fact, you know, when the children were young, around the dinner table, there was a fine jar if (laughs) ballet was brought up around the dinner table. Really? Yeah. You know who instigated that. <laughs> it's That's important, though, you know, <laughs> to have that balance, especially well, yeah. when Veronica was so intense mm. about her career path and she had a great career. Mm. Um, mm. But I'm sure she feels the same uh, when I go and hug her after this, you know, that her greatest achievement is is this beautiful child mm. not dancing a leading role. It's, it's so true, isn't it? It's so true. Mm. You put everything in perspective. Mm. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and especially I think COVID has done that even more so, that importance of touch, touch. and physical contact. Yeah.
1: Mm. yeah,
0: but thank goodness
1: for technology mm. um, and you know, my son being patient with me, getting me into technology because without Zoom, we wouldn't have been able to keep everyone employed. My big passion, though, besides all of that, is to also look into how it can help those with some disabilities. So I've been working with a a young woman in UK at the moment who became certified um, by being lifted from the wheelchair down to the mat and helping her... So certified in PBT. Yeah, and she's doing it just to help those with disabilities. And there are pockets around the world who I know are using it for Parkinson's, for different areas, uh, Down syndrome. So this is now in the back of my mind Mm -hmm. before I'm too much older to investigate how a simplified version can help this um, because it's the tactile feeling of the the ball Mm -hmm. that hits the senses. So if it can help in any way, I feel I've got a duty of care to explore those areas.
0: That's just incredible. I mean, it's sort of mind-blowing to think if that woman can become PBT certified and help with her mobility, oh, what the possibilities are.
1: That's right. I mean, it was quite amazing. She she has danced previously but mm-hmm. had been in a wheelchair since 14. Wow. And seeing her... It, it was. I cried right through the assessment when she gave her introduction first in a wheelchair, and how it took her twelve months to be certified. And now she's giving back. She's opened her own little school to help others.
0: That makes me feel quite emotional hearing that.
1: Uh, look, it. Yeah. So if if I can delve in that area now, and to do that, mm. we are going to open later this year a PBT centre, um, mm-hmm. which in is Sydney? The, in Sydney, mm-hmm. in the heart of Sydney, beautiful, all sprung floors. You know, we're hoping to have a physiotherapist, some yoga classes, so we'll have three, three studios. So look, a whole wellness centre, it will have the progressing ballet technique mm-hmm. for anyone to come in. Um, you know, there'll be classes for adults There'll be classes for all ages, all abilities, and the contemporary, um, Adam, you know, Adam Blanche, mm-hmm. of course. Very
0: good friend of mine. A
1: very, uh, very clever young man. So he's developed the contemporary side of my program. So I've, progressing contemporary technique? Mm-hmm. Yeah, which he's just had the first live workshop. Amazing. And uh, Annabelle. Will be That's running Annabelle
0: Knight. Annabelle Knight,
1: yeah, yeah who you know as mm-hmm. well, who was in Sydney Dance Company. So uh, it will be a safe place for people to feel they can come. There'll be no competition. It will be all about personal best. Our motto is the body's forever, and it's not about perfection. It's about progression. Mm-hmm. And um, so this will be opening um, later this year beautiful, all sprung floors. You know, we're hoping to have a physiotherapist, some yoga classes, so we'll have three studios. So look, a whole wellness
0: centre. The legacy you will leave is just mind-blowing. Thank you so much for speaking with me today. It's been an absolute honour and... I can't wait to see what you do next.
1: <laughs> oh, Claudia, may I say just finally, I'm so proud of you. Oh, oh, you. You have used all your tools of dance in so many areas mm. and you are an inspiration. Well, thank you.
0: Um, I must say I carry it with me everywhere, all that training. And I do believe that. I think so many dance students don't believe the skills that are so transferable into law, medicine, Wherever you want to go, the arts. The sky's, sky's the limit. The sky is the limit. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Just after we spoke, Marie received the ultimate recognition for her immense contribution to the dance world. She was awarded the Order of Australia Medal by the Governor General. Marie continues to teach and choreograph for the rising stars of the ballet world, all while continuing to grow and develop PBT. To sign up to any of the worldwide PBT or PCT courses, you can find them on their Facebook page or on Insta at Progressing Ballet Technique. Marie and I met in Sydney before lockdown to record our interview on the land of the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation to which we pay our greatest respects. On the next episode, you'll hear from the Artistic Director of the Queensland Ballet, Lee Schwinsin. By the end of the second year, I was so worried I was going to be fired. Not worried for myself, I'll be so happy to be fired to go home. But I was worried my parents would be very disappointed at me because I was the only hope. Your host and producer is me, Claudia Lawson. Additional production by Penelope Ford with editing and sound production by Martin Peralta. And for the latest in all things dance, head to fjordreview.com. This episode of Talking Points is sponsored by EcoDancers. Eco Dancers is the first Australian-designed dancewear brand made from completely sustainable, recycled and environmentally-friendly fabrics. Their poppy tutu is made from 16 recycled water bottles and their cup leotard uses 14. Eco Dancers is proud to offer all Talking Points listeners a 10% discount. Just use the discount code TURTLES at the checkout. So let's dance a little lighter because our choices echo.